0: Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached, with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hello, my name is Christian Sharma. I work with Adventist Frontier Missions in the mountains of Northwest India. I, along with my wife, Alexa Sharma, and our two children, live in an area that they call the Land of the Gods. Here, there are many, many different gods and many, many different idols. In fact, every village has their own deity that represents them at major festivals. I'm going to tell you a story today about a festival that I went to with a group of people from our village. A long trip that resulted in many new experiences and my eyes being opened both to the darkness and to the light of what God is doing. Christian's story is titled, Confluence and Faith. It was a cold winter morning in the mountains of North India. My wife had gone over to the neighbor's house to go get milk. So where we live, we get milk from our neighbor's cow and it's always fresh and creamy and good. Well, my wife went over to our neighbor's house and the neighbor said to my wife, she said, hey, my husband and I are leading a group on a pilgrimage throughout North India. Do you wanna come with us? And My wife thought and said, well, you know, I have a three month old baby. I don't think I want to come, but maybe my husband would want to go. So she comes running down the stairs of our neighbor's house and across the courtyard where our our landlords, sheep, and goats were, and she crawls up the stairs into our house, and she says, Christian, guess what? Our neighbors are going to have a pilgrimage tour that they're leading, and you could go with them. And I thought to myself, this would be an awesome opportunity to learn, about the, to learn about the culture more and to see more parts of, of India that people think are sacred and that people like to go to. You know, I think I will. I thought this would be an awesome opportunity to get to know more people from our village because everyone that was going was from our village or was a relative from someone in our village. So next thing, I, I went, ran across the courtyard with a... A goat, a sheep, a couple dogs, and a and a cow, and I run to up our, the neighbor's steps, about fifty feet in front of our house. I run up there and I I knock on the door and I said, "Auntie." She says, "Hello." Oh, come on in, come on in, Christian. So I went into the house and and she says, "Hey, listen, my husband and I we're leading a tour. We've arranged for a group of people from our village." To go on a trip, and it's going to be so fun, and we're going to sing songs, and you can come with us. It'll just be so great. Do you want to come? We need two more people. And I said, well, yeah, where are you going? She said, oh, um, we'll we'll see the Taj Mahal. We'll go see... I don't don't know. I'd have to ask my husband. I'm not sure where we're going. So I said, well, how long are we going to be gone? Hmm, seven days days? Nine, not more than 10 days. I know it won't be more than 10 days. I said, okay, well, uh, do you know where we're staying? Oh, we'll, we'll just figure that out as we go. I said, well, this sounds like a good trip. I think I should come along on this trip with you. And she said, we're going to leave in three days. So three days came and and I woke up and there was about a foot of new snow all over the ground. So I thought, well, I wonder how the bus is gonna come if there's snow all over the ground. How is the bus gonna make it to our village? So I woke up at about 4.30 and I trudged out to the road and was waiting for the bus because they said the bus would be there by about 4.30 to 5. I waited for about 15 minutes until I saw one lone pair of headlights rounding the precarious bend about a kilometer from our house. I watched as uh, as the headlights made progress and then stopped right where there's a steep little section in the road the headlights backed away came forward again and stopped. I watched with a little bit of amusement because frankly watching traffic jams and people get stuck in the snow has become a little bit of a hobby of mine and there's never a short supply of people to watch getting stuck so I decided I would uh, I would help help him out especially since he might not he might not make it to our village if I didn't go help. So I trudged along, trudged along, and I got to, to our mini bus. And with just a few more attempts, we were able to get there without much problem. I called our neighbor, said, the bus has come. And I woke up my wife and I said, I'm going now. So I, we prayed together and grabbed my backpack, a nice pair of boots, and went out to the vehicle. We left at about 5.30 with a group of about 14 or 15 people. There were two more people than seats. And luckily, because I was a guest, they felt I deserved a real seat as opposed to the wicker chair or sitting on the luggage in the aisle. Now, I, being a slightly egalitarian, felt a little bit bad about this, but after the 26th consecutive hour of driving, I was feeling relatively smug about being a guest, and I did not tried to deny that role for the rest of the trip. As we went, we took about an hour and then we were out of the snow and so we felt like we were fairly safe. We stopped along the way and picked up a couple other people so the bus was even fuller. And we stopped for chai at a couple different places. Drive a little farther. Now we're out of the rain, so people could dry their feet from where they were wet in the snow. Drive a little bit far, farther, stop again. Drink a little more chai. Drive a little farther. Stop in another village and say hi to a relative of someone on the bus. Well, after about two hours of driving, someone pulls out a little doluk drum. A doluk drum is is a little drum that ha, that you that you sit on your lap and you hit one side with your left hand and one side with your right hand. Someone pulled out a dolok drum and started playing a simple beat. And people started to sing. They sang one song after another. Now, I've worked at summer camps, and I drove bus for a summer camp, and I drove kids to the summer camp on the bus, and so I know that when you get a bus full of people, they'll sing songs, and they'll, you know, make jokes, and laugh, and have a good time. But I was very impressed by the stamina of my fellow village mates on this bus, because they started singing at about eight o'clock in the morning and they sang almost non-stop for 16 hours. Even now, some of the songs that they were singing get stuck in my head. So we were on a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage is not just any road trip. A pilgrimage is a special trip where you specifically go to see religious things. Everyone in the bus was Hindu except for me. The bus was filled with people that were going to see the most sacred places of Hinduism in North India. We finally arrived at the town of Mathura, Brindavan, which is the birthplace of Krishna. Krishna is the god that is painted blue and he plays a flute. We got to the town of Vrindavan, which was our first stop, and we, we arrived at about six o'clock in the morning. And the first thing to do was to go see the, the most important temples. And I toured around with my friends. And after we left the city of Mathura Bindavan, we traveled all night long on our bus again, all cramped in a little minibus with two extra people than there were seats. And we arrived in the city of Ilhabad. Ilhabad is a special city because it is the site of one of the largest festivals in the world. This festival is called Kumbh Mela. And this specific timing that we were going to Kumbh Mela, it is the holiest time to bathe in the Ganges River for the next 144 years. The town of Illahabad is special because it is a place where the Holy Ganges River meets with the Yamuna River, and they believe that a mythical river called the Saraswati River joins at that exact spot. So they call it the Trisangam, the place where three rivers meet. This is one of the most important places to bathe in the Ganges because it is the most potent place as well as the most potent time to make you holy. Now, I honestly don't know if all my friends believed all of the things that they said this bathing in the river would do for them, but whether or not they believed it, they thought it was important to do anyway. We arrived at about 4.30 that morning, and we parked in a giant parking lot. And everyone was so tired that everyone said, we're just gonna sleep until morning. And then in the morning, we'll walk down to the river and we'll take a bath. Two of my friends, my closest friends on the trip, they said, no, we want to go bathe in the river tonight. We want to bathe before it gets light. So at 4.30 in the morning, after having two long nights of travel on a bus, we start making the walk to the Ganges River. My friends and I began walking to the river, and even at this early time in the morning, there were thousands and thousands of other people, small streams of people that led into one massive torrent of humanity walking towards the banks of the river. Along the path were hundreds and hundreds of speakers sounding out the holy vowel. Oh. Oh. inside of me a naked man painted blue with blue ash is walking beside me holding a pitchfork walking to the river beside him was a was an old lady hunched over like a coffee table with the help of her grandson walking towards the river my mind was was being overwhelmed because i was joining a stream of the largest mass of unreached people this world has ever seen 30 million people walking to the Ganges River to take a holy bath. I put my cell phone in my hat so that I could listen to something to distract my, my mind from the, from the reality of the situation that I was witnessing. I turned on the song from Andrew Peterson. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away our sins. Behold the Lamb of God, the light and life of man. I joined this pilgrimage with my friends so that I could learn about their culture and their ways. I did not know what was going to happen at each step, but I knew that my heart was breaking to see these millions and millions of lost people reach for Christ, that they might be able to see the Lamb of God which truly takes away their sins, that it is not the waters from mere rivers that will make them holy, but it is the Lamb of God that takes away their sins. And as I continued with my friends, it took me to a place where I saw the Lamb of God at work. I saw the Holy Spirit at work amidst this barren wasteland of unreached people. What I saw that day on the banks of the Ganges River broke my heart. But what I saw in the coming days reignited my hope and my faith in what God is doing to reach those that have never had an opportunity to hear about Him. There's another part to this story, as you will hear in our next episode. If this story also touches your heart, why not join AFM and do God's work as a missionary? To learn more, point your browser to afmonline.org or call 800-937-4236.